This is Lachlan Rouston. This is Raf Friedman. And you're listening to the fittest podcast in Australia, The Mind Muscle Project. All right, Project, welcome back to this episode. Today, we are going to be talking about alcohol. Can you combine alcohol and still hit your fitness goals? I think that's the, the golden question so many people want to know about. How much alcohol am I going to have to give up if if all of it. And the reason we're bringing it up this month is because it's Dry July, which is an initiative that was started by a pommy who lives in the UK. Don't actually know if this is an international sensation, but it's definitely relevant in Australia. So we're going to talk about alcohol and how it relates to your fitness today. Okay, so getting into today's show, we should start with actually how the WHOOP is related to alcohol. Uh, And I think probably gave us the biggest awareness as to like how, 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 I guess, not maybe dangerous in the right word, uh, but how diminishing it is to your recovery, just a single drink. Yeah. That's probably the most revealing thing. Well, it's the first time we've ever been able to put a number on it. Right. So before it was always like, I guess, oh yeah, I think I feel a bit worse. Some people are like, man, I think I feel better. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely feel better. All different. That was a big one in the rugby days. People were like, no, I definitely play better. It's not true. Um, But yeah, as I looked it up, because everyone's like, oh, this is what I got on the whoop, this is what I got on the whoop. You know, for me, it definitely negatively affects it. Nearly every client I've spoken to definitely affects it. The averages across all whoop users, which I think is probably the most interesting, is the average drop in recovery is 8%. This is regardless of how much you drink. So this mm. is like, just had some alcohol. Could have mm. been one sip of alcohol, could have been a bender. 8% recovery drop. Your heart resting heart rate goes up by three to five beats per minute. Your HIV dips by nearly 10 uh, and your sleep, your actual time in sleep goes down by five minutes. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like entirely negative in, from a health perspective, but there are obviously social and cultural benefits to drinking alcohol, which is why you can never straight just like rule it out completely. But I think what's interesting is that you remember some of those benefits would have fallen into this. So it probably would be a stress relief, which would probably improve your recovery. But it's just the other aspects of alcohol have outweighed that yeah. and given it an average negative score. Yeah. Which is why it's easy to focus on, oh, but it's just like, it's that great finish of the day and it makes me feel better. But it's like, yeah, but it also affects your sleep and yeah. affects your hydration. So there'll be an outlier out there who's went up every time <laughs> they drank, but this is the average. Yeah. And that person probably doesn't even drink. <laughs> they probably feel weird when they drink. But that is the that is the data on what we know about alcohol. Now, let's break it down to a nutritional level, right? So... Obviously, most people that are investing heavily in their health and fitness, they got some kind of goal. And it would be pretty easy to say that it's either a performance or an aesthetic goal. Uh, and they're pretty tangible, right? I want to lose weight. I want to get leaner. I want to pack on more muscle. Uh, I want to perform better. I want to run faster, jump higher, You know, go faster in this workout. Alcohol is going to have a negative effect on all of these goals. Uh, but you can reduce that negative effect. You can keep it in your routine so that uh, well, if you want to keep it in a routine, you can keep it in your life so that it it, it doesn't affect those goals uh, as much as you know you'd want it to. So, essentially, best place to start when we're talking about understanding understanding alcohol from a nutritional perspective is just understanding how many calories are in you know uh, each different types of serving alcohol. Now, there's a really good page to follow on Instagram, the Fitness Chef underscore, uh, and he posts lots of stuff, lots of uh, nutritional comparisons. And so, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read off some of the calorie counts in different types of alcohol. And actually, he's got some really good alternatives in there and how much he reduces the calories by. So, the first drink he's got there is a vodka Coke. It uh, has 165 calories. With Coke Zero, it's 60 calories. So, 105 calories less. Uh, in a single gin and tonic. Gets you just as drunk as well. Yeah, just as drunk. Uh, as a single gin and tonic, um, you've got 120 calories. 
And then in a single gin and low-calorie tonic, you've got 64 calories. Uh, in a uh, vodka orange juice, 155 calories. And then in a vodka Fanta Zero, 68 calories. So you're looking at we're looking at a hunt over a hundred, like sixty percent calories less each time. Yeah, so most most of the calories in each of those drinks is not from the alcohol. Yeah, because the alcohol is consistent. Well, yeah, this one's like half, like a pint of beer, one hundred ninety-five. Like a pint, uh, sorry, a pint of beer, one hundred ninety-five. Half a pint of beer, obviously half of that, ninety-eight calories. I don't know how many people drink <laughs> half a pint. I think a half a pint's a yeah. I don't think you can order. Can you order half a pint? Schooner, uh, yeah. Baby schooner. What's that? A schooner is a midi. A schooner is more than half. Yeah, you can order a midi. But I think you get made fun of. Um, and then there's uh, Southern uh, Single Southern Comfort and Lemonade. And then obviously with the Diet Lemonade, uh, again, you've got a Jack Daniels and Pepsi, Jack Daniels and Pepsi Max, uh, Vodka Cranberry Juice. Yeah. And then you've obviously got all the low-calorie versions. I won't go through all of them. But if you were to tally up all those nine drinks and you just have them how you usually have them, nine drinks, like pretty pretty normal amount of drinks for some people on a night out, right? Yeah. Pretty standard. You got for you. 1,334 calories total for those nine drinks. I didn't read all of them off. Uh, and then if you were to choose all the low-calorie versions of them, 655 calories, yeah, right. which is significant difference. About half. Yeah. You think most people throughout a week, they create somewhere between a three, a 250 to 300-calorie deficit in their diet to lose weight. You know, 250, 300 times 7, 2,000 calories roughly. In that one drinking session with nine drinks, you've almost offset that, offset that entire calorie deficit for the whole week. Now, the caveat to alcohol, which is different, why it's not just the calories in the drink, is that because it has ethanol, right, which is alcohol, is the, the second ethanol enters your body, because it is a poison, your body is doing everything that it can to metabolize it and get it out of your system, which means that it shifts all the metabolic priorities to removing the poison from your system, which means all the other things it was doing, like losing body fat, building muscle, recovering from a workout, trying to sleep, are immediately turned off or they're down-regulated to prioritize removing ethanol from the system. So if you you know, if you know, do a five-hour drinking session or a three-hour drinking session, that's like a significant chunk of time that your body is not recovering from the training that you're doing. But also after that, when you're still metabolizing it. Exactly, yeah. It's so like the second you start drinking. Sorry, yeah, done. yeah. So it's like getting all that through your system. It's like a six, seven hour process, yeah. you know, at a minimum where you're not building muscle, burning body fat. If you drink three or four times a week, yeah, starting to do the numbers, you're at 25, 30 hours, you know, days worth yeah. of not doing what you want your body to do. You're affecting your sleep. You're affecting your whoop score, hydration. So you can see how yeah, over time it really compounds. So, I mean, really... Hey, there's one more compounder as well, which is... Because that's the calories in the drinks. Mm-hmm. Then there's the effect your body's metabolizing the alcohol. Then there's also just the stupid fucking decisions you make when you're drunk. Yes. Which is like probably the real source of calories. <laughs> For most Kebabs, people, it's hard to put a number burgers. on that. But yeah. man, that's easily in the thousands of calories. If you had those yeah. nine drinks, you're probably going to, at a minimum, make another 500 to 1,000 calorie worse decision because you're drunk. And you're not drinking water. Yeah. yeah and you're not hydrating. So my suggestion... And, and a strategy that I've used is if you drink a lot less, it just means the next time you go to drink heavily, you just don't need as much, right? So you need less to feel the effects of alcohol if you're drinking for that purpose. If you're just drinking to enjoy the taste of alcohol, which absolutely some people do. You know, they love trying different wines or different beers or whatever, and different whiskeys, and they just enjoy that process. They don't really care for getting drunk. In, in some ways, maybe it's worth trying the non-alcoholic drinks if you just like the taste. Yeah. I know they're not that good, so maybe it's... Maybe it's not really a thing. I know they are definitely getting better. So you can you can make that a choice. Um, or I think, you know, if you are going to do this, 
and you're going to go out and you're just going to enjoy drinks is like just try and do the best thing you can like hydrate drink water have a meal beforehand you know one of the one of the tips i always give my clients is like hey before you go out to a long lunch and start drinking i want you to have a liter of water so i want you to be feel full i want you to be fully hydrated so you're not using the first three or four beers just to hydrate yeah or, or if you're if you're hungry it's worse yeah yeah so it's like there's this compounding effect and it's yeah. like man i'm so thirsty i'd love a beer right now but if it wasn't beer available, you'd just be so thirsty, you'd go for water. Yeah. So drink all the water first so that you don't feel that that thirst urge to just skull whatever's in front of you. So that's, that's definitely one of the tips that I give clients. And yeah, as you can see already, it's definitely going to get uh, in the way. So uh, another point on hydration I'd probably make as well for people to consider is when you, uh, when you throw up alcohol, like I always do, or you, uh, or you keep it in your system also has very different effects. So like, Actually, people that, and I'm not encouraging people to throw up, but this is just what it is. If you do throw up from alcohol, you're actually a lot less hungover the next day because your body is not digesting nearly as much of the alcohol as you were previously. But the hydration needs of what you... Your body is smart. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to get rid of it somehow. The hydration needs of when you, um, you know, when you throw up as well, like they're still there. So like just because you got a lot of the alcohol out of your system, you still need to recover and drink water and stuff. So it can't really be overstated how much water you actually need uh, when you're drinking, it's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, and easy to forget. Particularly as people often have that sort of like sweated out attitude the next day as well, which yeah. is very common. You know, yeah. so you've drunk all that, then you sweated it out, like you're in. Uh, you couldn't be further from being adequately hydrated at that point. Yeah, and then all the processes you're upset about shutting down the day before, like fat burning, continue on into that next day because mm. dehydration is going to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So drink lots of water, flush your kidneys, flush your system, help help the metabolics. Uh, Help the metabolism do its job by staying hydrated. That's that's super important. Now, the, the timing aspect that we wrote up there is this is one that I didn't really know until more recently. Uh, I always was under the impression, oh, you want to drink at night. Not really from some scientific thing. I was like, oh, you're just like, because your day's kind of done at that point, right? It's hard to do anything productive. So you do it at night, then you sleep it off, and then you're not drunk <laughs> the next day. Whereas if you like start in the day, then, you know, whatever, it leads to more drinking at night, or you're just like not productive the rest of the day. But... I think what I learned wearing the whoop is just because one of the worst things about alcohol is how it negatively affects your sleep. If you can drink it earlier in the day, it just doesn't affect your sleep as much. Yeah. It's just it's just metabolized. Like the same amount of drinking at 11 is going to be better for your overall health than drinking at 8. Yeah. Because if you drink at 8, it really negatively affects your sleep. Yeah. So ethanol, like I said, is a fuel. So your body prioritizes it. And the way it is able to get rid of it out of your body is like it uses it as an energy source, right? So it breaks it down. It extracts the energy from it. You use the energy through the alcohol. That's why when people drink, they feel like they get more energy. It's because you are. You're drinking an energy source, right? Uh, obviously, after you drink so much of it, you know, you start to you know, go downhill a little bit, but it is it is energy, you know, still calories, it's ethanol. So your body is, is is burning up more energy. And if, yeah, if you're consuming all this energy, but then you're going to sleep, you're, now don't, you're not burning up the extra energy that you've put into your system. So the best way to do it, like you said, is drink earlier. Start, start drinking earlier if you know you're going to be a long day. Pick, rather than book so many you know, dinners to go drinking, book some more lunches instead, you know, get Just it out of your system earlier. <laughs> fuel your lunch, fuel your dinner with your lunch. Uh, so yeah, that's, that is a better way to do it. If you can get it not affecting your sleep, if you can be yeah. sober or feel relatively sober by the time you go to bed, and think about the amount of times you're going to go to the toilet if you're hydrating on alcohol versus not, right? So if you've gone, uh, I don't know, say if you start at lunch, you start drinking alcohol, you start drinking water, you might go to the bathroom 15 times. Mm. But if you go to bed, you might have only gone to the bathroom five times. That's 10 less times that you've been able to extract more alcohol from your system. So 
much better to start earlier in the day. A lot of people will tell you like they start day drinking and they feel a lot better by the end of the night, get normal sleep, recover, wake up the next normal. day. Well, yeah. that's the thing is like so much of the time I'm like, man, I'm feel hungover. It's like, we also just had a bad night's sleep. You didn't sleep. You had a really terrible night's sleep. Yeah. So you feel bad. Yeah. Like you normally feel bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it compounds. Um, so timing is definitely an important aspect of it. Now, all of this, I think, really, you know, leads into the broader conversation of, of mental health. And I think, um, you know, alcohol for you, I know, and for me, has never been an issue. Uh, it's never affected our mental health. Uh, but I know for a lot of people out there, it does. Well, I will raise, though, I understand it more now. So, um, well, I'll give you this example. So, it wasn't like a crutch for my mental health, but when I was younger... Um, you would go out and you might not feel like, oh, I don't feel that confident when I'm out and it's like a crutch right. to help you make make you more confident when you're out. So I guess it's not, maybe not some people say like, oh, I need it to feel better. But in that instance, I still needed it to feel better. You know, so mm. well, I didn't need it at home, but I needed it out. Mm. So that's still, I guess, a, a mental uh, association I'd that, that you can a, have yeah. with it, right? Which is po- probably really common for alcohol. Very common. Uh, and now that I've had a kid, uh, I almost thought about taking up drinking. <laughs> I really understand it now because oh, you just shit. people want to just kick back and relax and with the locker room clients we've got so many of them drink at night and I do I think having kids accelerates the chances of like heaps of mums I think pick up drinking alcohol when they right. have kids really common Yeah, and I think dads do as well because because you don't have the same de-stress when you get home mm. it's like you get home from work and now the real work starts mm, mm. So you're like, fuck, there's got to be something like really adult here <laughs> that I can do. We can make it better. And I was like, man, I think maybe to start some drinking at night would, would help. You you genuinely think you no, might start genuinely drinking. thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I could not imagine you like just popping a bottle of whiskey and like just sitting on it. With- I, I really think now, having gone through depression, I think this is a huge reason why parents start drinking more. But do you think it's like you would start drinking and then stop as he gets older? Or do you think it's... Yeah, I think you could, but I think probably people get bad habits. Yeah, you get the habit. They yeah. get the habits, but this is when I think they get the habit. Mm. It's like a lot of things like that. People get unhealthy eating habits from times of stress. Yeah, 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 totally. And I really think this is a time when people increase their drinking. Because, you know, you're, you're, also, like, you're at home. You, you probably used to drink when you were out, but now you're not going out as much. Mm. So, you kind of like also like, oh, like used to go out drinking and like now I'm just at home. Yep. Need to de-stress. Perfect. Yeah. I just... I've always had the, the physical benefits of like alcohol of... I, I genuinely think I'm allergic to alcohol. You know, I I drink very few drinks and I feel very sick very quickly. And uh, it's been like a pattern in my family history anyway. So I've I've had that benefit. But yeah, I could easily imagine enjoying one drink every night. You know, one drink, one drink, one drink. And if it takes away eight percent, you know, I'd say some days take one drink could take away twenty five percent, just depending on the sleep, depending on how much training I've done. You do that every single night, and it's like you're inferior. Your recovery is inferior. Yeah, exactly. I, I do think as well, there's probably individual differences. I always think back, there was a uh, famous rugby player, Brian Adrisco, he's Irish, right? So Irish drink a lot. And he's oh, like, really? the, yeah, he's the best rugby player I've ever had. He's the best best player of all time. And he drank a lot. And I was reading his biography and these players and coaches, he was like 23. And they're like, mate, you just like, you got to stop drinking. You know, like you're going to be the best player we've ever had in Ireland. Like you just, so much on your shoulders, like stop drinking. So he had one season off not drinking. It was like, it was the worst season <laughs> I ever had. I never had a season off again. And Wait. It was like his one bad season in 15 years. Oh, he had a bad season. He had a bad season. And they just didn't think it was bad. It was actually bad. He had a bad season. And he's put it down to, he's like, I know that it's worse and I know this, but he's like, he's like, this, he's like, I'm so intense. This is where I relax, mm. you know? And he's like, I don't have like any other crazy vices. Like, this is my vice. 
And then I was looking for other vices. It kind of goes into it in the book. You know, like he didn't, he doesn't go out and look for strippers and whatever, right? This is his vice. He likes to come back and relax and drink. So. And I like, just get smashed by himself. No, he's like, to, you know, go, like he's Irish, right? He's like, they go to the pub. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I lost all those things mm. and I had the worst season of my life. So he's like, even though I believed all the team doctors and it was worse for my recovery, mm. he was like, as an athlete for me, given where I've grown up in and my culture and how my family drinks and my friends drink and everything, he's like, the best thing for my athletic performance is to drink regularly. Yeah. Well, I mean, Conor McGregor, right? Does he drink? Bro, he's got a fucking billion dollar whiskey Yeah, company. I know that, but... <laughs> of course he drinks. He's also like an entrepreneur. <laughs> no, no, of course he drinks. Definitely drinks. Does he drink... Does he stop drinking... Surely he stops drinking like fight camp. Oh, I'd say so. I'd be... Oh. I don't know. Irish people really yeah, don't stop drinking. I, I, think it would, I think it would cut back. I don't know if he'd cut it completely. But yeah, he drinks, yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. You can do it despite this. Exactly. Yeah, which is why to say like, you know, I'm not going to come in here and say I never drink. You know, we, yeah. s- we still drink. It's a part of our lifestyle. We just know when... You know as a person when it affects you and when it doesn't affect you. And I think that's that's the, the, the topic of the mental health conversation. When sometimes you don't even know right maybe it takes a mate to be like bro like you're drinking a lot or like hey you're, you're getting smashed every time we I, go out I really see that with because we still work with some high level clients at the gym that's the conversation that happens a bit oh yeah I drink a little bit dive into it you're like I think this is affecting you more than you think yeah it's how often oh you know it's it's most days what's most days oh you know Monday to, I guess it's yeah, I guess it's every day yeah it's like how many it's just one Two, just one? Three, four, five. Oh, well, like Fridays and Thursdays, yeah, it can be like three to five, you know? And then you like really play this out and then they're like looking, they're like, wow, it's, it's more than I thought. Oh, dude. And that's, that's the thing is that it compounds so quickly. Yeah. And the thing is, right, with alcohol is because you build a tolerance to it, that's when people don't realize. It's like, okay, mm. two to three drinks, like, man, I used to really feel two to three drinks. Now, two to three drinks get me started. Like, that's when I know it's concerning, right? Is when, I, when someone will say, Oh, no, dude, it was a t- small night, barely did anything. I had six drinks. Yeah. I go, the biggest night of my year is six drinks. I go, you, obviously, I'm on the low end of the spectrum. I'm yeah. partic- particularly weak and a very bitch when it comes to stuff. But to say you have a very small night at five to six drinks is concerning, you know, for yeah. anyone, you know. So, yeah, I think that perspectives shift over a long period of time as your tolerance really increases from drinking a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm also careful to like, use outlier examples like this athlete and stuff to be like, oh, it's, it's okay because he does it and stuff. Well, you know, is it affecting other areas of your life? You know, are, are we not getting to your fitness goals because of drinking? Maybe. Yeah, like, Let's definitely. explore that. You know what I mean? So, there's ways that, you know, you can enjoy alcohol and then, you know, also still get to your fitness goals and hopefully we've, we've given you some understanding, some awareness and some tools that you guys can use today, understanding calories, obviously understanding the timing of it using something like a whoop band to help you kind of track how it affects your body individually. Staying hydrated uh, is obviously super important. And yeah, be careful of like excess calories and stuff there and all the, all the behaviors that surround uh, alcohol. It's not just the event itself, but it's the aftermath and the pre-math and stuff like that that's going to be affecting it also. So um, I guess maybe the best way to finish is on an alcoholic question. What's your favorite drink? If there's one drink you have left before you die, what are you having? No, oh, you'd want to be going out buzzing, so you'd get an espresso martini. <laughs> you know, speaking of martinis, I had uh, one night. I just felt very James Bond. I think I was in a suit, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try my dry martinis or whatever. Shake oh, yeah, not yeah. stirred like yeah. all night. Throw up everywhere. <laughs> I can have about ten. I don't remember much after the fifth one. Yeah, they are so strong. There's like four shots in a martini. Didn't know that. So when you drink ten, I never had one. You puke everywhere, badly. What's you drink? Um, I guess I'm assuming not that. Surely. Man, you know what? Actually, the best 
my favorite drink of all time and I actually had it at this bar. I can't remember the name of it in Surrey Hills, but it's like a hip hop bar and uh, it's fresh, fresh apple juice and vodka. <laughs> no, fresh apple juice vodka. Amazing. Amazing. So, that's my favorite drink. Connor, what's your favorite drink? Freshly squeezed apple juice fireball. Oh, apple juice fireball. There we go. All right, guys. There we have it. Hopefully, that was helpful. And guys, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. If you really enjoyed the show, uh, if you like listening to it, if you got something valuable from it, tell a friend, share it, uh, leave a review. Even if you uh, get a chance to go on iTunes, leave us a review. They all count. It all helps. And we always thank you for that. So, guys, thank you as always. And we'll speak to you all next week. Thank you, Project, for tuning in again to another episode of the My Muscle Project. Uh, we release an episode every single Monday. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, the My Muscle Project, to stay up to date with everything we're doing. And if you have some time, leave us a review and a five-star rating on iTunes. And don't forget, we have a second show of the week, The After Show. So it's no longer a rest day on Thursdays. If you have any questions for Lachlan and I for that show, head to the mymuscleproject.com forward slash The After Show. And if you ask a question, we'll, uh, we'll answer it on the show. Thanks again so much, Project, and we'll see you all next week.